Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to The Stacks. I am your host here, Tracy Thomas. This week's episode, I am joined by Vela Lavelle, actress from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and The Big Sick. And we're discussing our Stacks book club pick, New Boy by Tracy Chevalier. This book is a retelling of William Shakespeare's Othello. Before we dive in, I have a few little housekeeping notes, and then I want to let you know about something new that we're doing here at The Stacks. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, please. We appreciate it. Make sure you don't miss an episode. It's a great thing. Just click subscribe wherever you listen. If you're listening to us through iTunes, please rate and review the show. It's a simple step, and it goes a really long way to helping us get the word out about The Stacks. So when you're done listening or right now while you're listening to this, just go rate and review. It's super easy and we love you for it. Now, here's the new exciting thing that we're doing at the Stacks. We are launching our Patreon page. Patreon is a website that allows listeners, supporters of artists to contribute to the work that's being made. The deal is that you support us and we contribute some exclusive awesome perks to our patrons only. The first thing is we're calling patrons from now on the Stacks Pack. So anybody who contributes any monetary donation to this show, you're part of the Stacks Pack. Welcome. You're awesome. What I'm asking for is any amount of money that you are able to give to help me so that I can keep the lights on here, so that I can host the website, I can reach out to organizations, I can spend a little more time making this show everything that you guys want it to be. Uh, By contributing, you're also saying I support independent artists and content and content that's important to me, content that talks about literacy, reading, education, and also facts, right? Information. So if you believe in what we're doing here, I would greatly appreciate you pledging a little money to become part of the Stacks Pack. In order to do that, you just go to www.patreon.com slash the Stacks. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the Stacks. And I, of course, have put a link in there for you for the show notes. So if you're able to contribute a little bit, as little as a dollar a month, I'm serious. You get some awesome perks. You get access to a private uh, Stacks Pack feed. You get shout outs on social media. You get your name read on air. You get recognition, access, information, a little bit ahead of the 
rest of the pack, right? Um, so if you're able to do that, please check out patreon.com slash the stacks. I'm forever grateful for any of you who are able to contribute. And if you can't contribute, I'm also grateful for you to listen to this show. So, you know, it, this isn't a value judgment. This is just me asking you to be a part of something that we're doing here. You'll hear me talk about Patreon for a little bit now, but I wanted to give you a heads up and let you know exactly what we're doing and why we're doing it. If you're not able to contribute, also please spread the word. All of you, anybody who likes what we're doing here, spread the word, get the word out. That helps us to build a bigger following and also, you know, to create work that is connected to you. So send us a message, tweet at us, follow us on Instagram, whatever it is. You can see all those links in the show notes. So that's super easy. Now, the last little bit before I bring you Vela is a little correction. Vela and I last week said that we were in a play called As You Like It, which is, in fact, a Shakespeare play. We also said that we played a character called Dumaine, which, in fact, we did. However, the Dumaine character comes from All's Well That Ends Well and not As You Like It. And you would think that Vela and I, two people who talked for an hour about how much we love Shakespeare, would maybe remember that. But obviously, we didn't, and we failed you all. So we were in All's Well That Ends Well. We played the Dumaine in that show and not As You Like It. So... That's just to clear it up because I did get some emails and some texts from some friends of mine who I studied Shakespeare with for a whole year who were like, you're an idiot. So yes, I am. So is Vela, but shit happens. Okay. Now we're going to dive in. Vela and Mai's conversation about Tracy Chevalier's book, New Boy, and also William Shakespeare's play, Othello. I hope you guys enjoy it. And of course, send us over any comments or reflections you have after listening to the episode. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Okay, y'all, we are back on the stacks. I am Tracy Thomas, and I am joined again by actress Vela Lavelle. Um, this week is our stacks book club conversation, and we are talking about, uh, talking about, we are talking about New Boy by Tracy Chevalier. It's um, one of the books from the Hogarth Shakespeare Collection, which is a bunch of different books that are the retellings of different Shakespeare plays. And this one focuses on the retelling of Othello. Um, It's set in the 1970s in Washington, D.C. And it's actually in an elementary school. They're sixth graders. So uh, Vela, welcome back. Hi. Thank you. Yay. Oh, before we get started, let me just say this. We are going to spoil New Boy a little bit. However, if you're familiar with Othello, it's kind of hard to spoil the book because it's a retelling and it sticks pretty close for the most part. Um, so I just want to give you that warning. If you feel okay listening, go ahead. But if you really want to read New Boy and you want to know how she does it, then you might want to read it and then come back and listen. I think that's fair. Yeah. But like as a book, it's already kind of spoiled. Yeah, like, if you've read the play. If you're even familiar with Othello, if you know like anything that happens in Othello, like if you've seen it's that movie, spoiled. oh, yeah. strong movie, Josh Hartnett, <laughs> Mackay Pfeiffer, Julia Stiles. I need to see it now. It's really good. Okay. Um, it's better than New Boy, no offense. Well, actually, um, we're just going to dive in. We're so diving in. We're diving in. Um, Vela, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of like your initial thoughts about this book? Like before I read it? No, just like when you put the book down... Or maybe going into it too. Yeah. Okay. So I will say going into it, I was actually so excited Mm -hmm. because I was like, this is a perfect book for me and Tracy Mm -hmm. because it's Othello. So we have like some, you know, race talk (laughs) in there. And then it's also like, so it's Shakespeare, which that's how we met. And it's a retelling. I was super into it. And I am uh, not a fan (laughs) coming out the other side. Yeah. I found it a little, um, 
too, um, the themes are too simplified. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, um, it, it kind of reduces such a complicated, beautiful, complex play to like, very very layman's terms in a way yeah. that it's just like i don't i don't think the story is that simple right it's yeah it's um, like she almost took it down so far that she lost kind of the beauty the, of the play and yeah and the reason for telling the and story the reason for telling the story i also like i i when i read the back i was like i was like oh i'm excited to see othello in um like with kids like right. i was like oh interesting but then I was like, oh, maybe – I don't know if it's maybe just not a story for kids or sure. it's just this way. It doesn't right. It doesn't hold. Right. So one of the things that Tracy Chevalier does, which um, is, is a very strong choice. I'm going to put it that way. Mm -hmm. She tells the story of Othello, of New Boy, in one school day. Right, which I like – I didn't – like – It's just quick. It's very quick. When you think about the play Othello, I think one of the things that you think about is kind of like time passing and like jealousy building. Right. And to think that like children are so – basically you have to make the assumption that children are so emotional that they would be willing to, you know, die for yeah. something in the course of a school day. It's not even a full 24 hours. It's, it's like literally from 8 a.m. Like, to like 3 p.m. Yeah, like it's like a school to day. post-lunch. Right. Right. It's like the end of the school day. You know, so – I think that that honestly might be one of like the biggest disservices the time, that she does to herself agree. because yeah. you're really being forced to suspend your disbelief in a way that even Shakespeare doesn't ask you to do. Right. And like it's also like kids are – I think kids are so much more intelligent, so much more like aware than we give them credit for. Yeah. But even – like kids are like, I just met you this morning. Right. I don't have that much investment in this right. relationship. Right. You know, and let like alone kids are really good about like walking away from things. Yeah. Or like letting like, things yeah. go. And sure. like, I do think kids can hold a grudge, but like, I mean, to this extent, to this extent, in one day, like, I think if you had been like, oh, this, this has been brewing since third grade and yeah. now it's sixth grade, but you just really had all of these relationships. Or, yeah. Or even a month. Like, I just yeah. think the one day is just like, it's too fast. It just rushed is everything for yeah. for no reason there's yeah. no there's I'm, nothing in the story that like needs to be in a day if it had been a week or a month or a school yeah. year or whatever it would have been fine because you're already kind of um taking taking the emotions from adults with you know sex and like right. jealousy and all that stuff you're reducing it to kids which i think is not a bad thing sure. but you're already changing that up right. and then you're gonna truncate time and it's right. like it just feels so unrealistic. Right, right. And one of the things in – so just for full disclosure, I recently reread Othello just to be able to have this conversation because I did want to be able to compare. And I know Vela has read Othello. I did Othello, not. But you've read it. I've you read it, it, but it's been a minute. It's okay. I just – so I'm kind of going to be She's like – the expert. Well, I'm just going to be bringing it back yeah. to Othello a few times here and there just so that um, – we can kind of try to stick with the story, even though mm -hmm. Tracy Chevalier does say in like the author's notes that she read the play twice and then decided to put it aside and write her own story. So that was a choice that she made. Um, and I think that that is actually very clear when you read the book. Like there are t parts of the book where I, of New Boy where I'm like, mm, did no. that happen in the Like, <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah. Mm -mm, no. Girl, no. Um, so – I think that the thing that stuck out for me most was the lack of subtlety mm -hmm. in the racism in yes. in New Boy. Yes. Um, and you brought up a really good point as we were just preparing to jump into this conversation, which was that in Othello, 
they really don't say expressly that they hate him because he is a Moor or Mm -hmm. a black guy. They kind of like dance around it, Mm -hmm. which I think is true. I think that to how people are generally racist. I do too. Cause you in know, life. everyone is always like, I'm not a racist, but right. I don't trust that guy because of X, his y, hoodie. Right. And it's, it's all these subtle ways where people don't actually want to take accountability right. for having right. these snap judgments that are based in fear. But like, and that's, what's so great about the play is like, it's about other things and right. this but this theme of him being a more keeps coming up right and like that iago has felt um iago is the villain in the shakespeare play mm-hmm. the character in the book is called ian so we're going to try to use both their characters names in the book and then the characters names in the play for a distinction i mean i think ian is short for iago I, yes right? of course of course right you know the great shakespearean name ian, <laughs> ian. <laughs> ian like ian mckellen um actually did he ever play iago i bet he, he did. probably he should yeah. um anyways but Iago, I can't even remember. I think that he mentions that he's like this black guy, this more. But it's like one off early on. And then for the rest of the play, like it does come up. They're like, oh, you know, the more said this. You know, Othello, comma, the more. But it's not like, oh, get over here, you more. Yeah, exactly. I hate (laughs) you because you're a more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. it's, It's more layered. And it's almost by like not talking about it, but like... Right. It it's all, almost becomes more clear. Well, you set it up and then you let everything else happen and then that's the way that racism functions, right? right? It's like you set someone up for failure and then you say you failed and it's not about race. It's about your failure. It's about you didn't do this. You didn't, you didn't do good do enough. This. If yeah. you had been twice as good, maybe you could mm-hmm. have done it. But as, I'm sorry, like black people aren't as smart or that's the whatever. Thing. Racism is is so that's why it's so complicated because right. it's not it's not overt and the people who are racist usually just don't like right. they don't wear it you and know? we're not saying that there's not overt racism and that's its whole of own other thing but so much especially right now in 2018 like we're seeing more overt racism mm-hmm. but so much of like systemic racism in america comes from subtle it lies policies below the bells and you know things that were told over and over and mm-hmm. lies and stuff there's a amazing amazing dense but amazing nonfiction book called stamped from the beginning by ibram x mm-hmm. kendi and it's all about racist thoughts in america mm-hmm. um i'm not just saying it's an amazing book it won like the national book award or mm-hmm. it's it might have did it win the Pulitzer? I don't know. It, it won awards. It's an amazing book. But he talks a lot about racist ideas and how racist ideas inform racist policies and racist policies inform racist ideas. Yeah. And that ignorance like isn't a way to – isn't an excuse for being racist. Like that you can't just say, mm. oh, he doesn't know better. It's like, no, in fact, he does or she does. They do know and they live these racist policies for whatever their reasons are. Mm-hmm. It, I mean it's just so complicated and there's so, so much there. You could talk about it for hours, right. and I think to to read something that's so simple and right. so like reductive is it, it just it just leaves you with this funny feeling in your stomach because yeah. you're like things are it's not that simple, and even kids aren't that simple. Kids are no right. kids are. I mean, that's why I was so excited to read it. Is I was like, oh, it's gonna be like it's going to be so subtle and right. like so richly like, Oh, my parents do this. And like, I don't know what I mm-hmm. think. And like, you know what I mean? But right. like not just overtly like saying like, 
I don't know, like, oh, that there's the black boy. He right. must be good at sports because he's black. Right. Like all of right. the things that the kids say, I think it kind of like discredits them a little bit. Yeah. And so one of the things that happens, I think maybe two or three times in the in the book, New Boy, is the teachers or the students will be like, oh, it must be so hard for you being black new. Oh, yeah. And like yes. literally it's like BL hyphen hyphen I mean new. new. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, oh, well go get that black new boy, right? right? And so like that's kind of where the title comes from, new boy. And I just think honestly, she should just call it black boy. Black boy, yeah. Like why are you – like just yeah. call it black boy. And then not to be like a psycho nitpicky person, which I am, <laughs> but not to expose that about myself just yet. I'm pretty sure that in the 1970s they were still using the term colored. Yes. I don't think black – Or like Afro-American. Sure. And I mean yeah. I think in some places – they were still kind of using Negro. Yes. I know that like definitely. 60s was kind of the end of Negro, but kind of depending and Yeah, it's so crazy. Like if they hadn't like if they hadn't like sometimes talked about bell bottoms mm-hmm. and like a few little cultural things, like I don't know why right. it was in the seventies. Right. Well, she says she wanted to like write about her childhood because she grew up in DC right. and she was raised in the seventies, but I mean, I think she, I think there's a few, I think that there are ways to tell this story. And I think that, um, Chevalier does some disservices to herself by picking that time period, that setting, those, yeah, the age group, the time. Yeah. Like, I don't know. If you were going to do this story, kind of like, how do you think that you maybe would retell Othello? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking like it'd be cool to like kind of take, um, like almost just take the main character which is I think maybe what I thought was going to happen, totally set it in a school setting, but like then totally forget everything else and just like do it through his eyes and sure. and live his life as like a new person coming to an all-white school. Forget about like all the little, you know, intricacies and like character things and handkerchiefs and pencil right. cases. In, in New Boy, the handkerchief is now a pencil case. But, a strawberry like, pencil case. A strawberry case. pencil case. But like, I don't know, just kind of like, be Othello and like see what life is like being the only person in this sea of white. And then, and kind of like, I I felt like she was so like, you know, beholden to, to telling the exact story Mm -hmm. that she almost didn't get to just, you know, say like, screw it and like do her own thing and find new things. Right. Even though she says that's what she tried to do. I feel like she she didn't. She tried to retell the story, but she just, she just told the story and changed the name. Just like, didn't, do as good. I mean, look, Shakespeare is a genius. Like, it's hard to retell Shakespeare. I can't. I mean, there are productions that I've seen using Shakespeare's text where I'm sometimes like, why did you set this in Kuwait? Yeah. Like, what are you yeah, doing? Just like, do it. You're just not that smart. Just yeah. set it. Just everybody should How would you? Jeans. I'm curious. How would you tell So, if I was going to do her mm-hmm. version, the first thing that I would do is I would not make the Othello character Osei or they call him O. Mm-hmm. I would not make him from Ghana. I would mm-hmm. make him I would make it like a rich white school in Chicago. Yes. And he gets bust in yes. from like a poor neighborhood in like the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I would make it so that it was like late eighties, early nineties, kind of mm. like when the whole crack epidemic and like Love it. you know, cause then you have that like racism like, oh, does your mom do crack? Yeah. Like and I wouldn't make him the son of a diplomat. I would mm-hmm. just make him like a smart kid. Yeah. And because like one of the things that happens in the play Othello is that Othello is the lieutenant or like he's in charge of this he's this part he's of the starting army. Starting at such a high place. Yeah. So I like maybe he's like an honor student, right? And like yeah. instead of all the teachers being like, who's this black or new boy, but, I would make him yes. be like 
excited. Yeah. Like, oh, we're bringing in diversity. We're so excited. And so yes. then that gives a reason for the Ian Iago character to be like jealous and to feel like he you know, thought he was smart and he thought he was going to yeah. like be on the debate team or whatever it is. And then you give them something to play off of. But if you bring him in and all the teachers are like, you, he's black. Ooh, he's a black new, new boy. boy. <laughs> and all the students are like, I've never seen a real life black person. And like, he's coming in as like already the bottom of the totem pole. There's yeah. nowhere for him to fall. And there's no reason to want to bring him down. Because yeah. in this story, it would just be like, oh, there's a black kid. Like, let's not talk to him. Right. Like yeah. there's no reason for him to get involved with anybody. Like he's already like so on the bottom when yeah. he comes in that it's just, you're, it's just kind of, it, it's, you right. don't understand, you really right. don't understand. Or it. maybe you bring him in and he's like, you know, they're in high school or maybe it's in college and mm-hmm. he's like the recruit, like the big, the star quarterback uh, yeah, guy or whatever. School. I think that's what they do in the O movie. Oh, and O. Okay. But you Need give him a it. reason to be people to be excited about him, which yes. then gives Iago a reason to not be excited exactly. about him, to feel like other he's than, been usurped. Right. If other you want to be Shakespearean. Over, you, usurped. <laughs> usurped. Other than just overt racism right. of I don't like him because he's black. He right. must go down. Because well, right. that's what it ended up feeling like in New Boy. And so it felt just like less interesting, less complicated, and so less real. Sure. Sure. I mean, one of the things like when I read Shakespeare, when I think about Shakespeare, and I, I often think about like how would I want to retell this story? Mm. And as I was rereading Othello, I was thinking like, you know, this is like so Barack Obama, right? Like mm. this is so what the Republicans wish they could have done to Barack Obama, right? They just, besides that Barack Obama is married to a beautiful black woman yeah. who's amazing in every way and not that white women aren't. I have a black dad <laughs> and a white mom. So like, to, please don't come at me about don't. interracial relationships. <laughs> like I am not the one. Um, not today. Not, not today, sweetie. Um, but it is like that idea that like here is this out of nowhere rising star that people are so into yeah. and like how does that affect someone like Iago who who really embodies that white male fragility that we talk so much mm. about right now, especially like with these school shootings and, you know, this violence yeah. and this acting out and these. And also with, um, I think, uh, I, I think maybe just because like Get Out and the Oscars sure. and everything, I kept thinking about the kind of the get out like theme of just like oh black people are amazing at all of these different right like this this myth of like black people are better you know like better dancers and better looking and better at sex and like all of these things and like feeling so afraid of that right uh, and so um insecure about like um, like white fragility yes being replaced all of that stuff that um that that there's that element as well there's just so much in Othello and like Mm -hmm. in all of Shakespeare's plays but this one I really I felt I was like this could have been written yesterday like this theme of this like white guy who just sees it all slipping away because in the play Othello's the lieutenant or whatever military Mm -hmm. thing that he is and he promotes Cassio to be his number two uh, which is the Casper character in the book. Mm-hmm. And Iago thinks that he should have been promoted to that position. And so right. he's basically like, I'm not going to let this black guy come in here and just promote this other Ruin guy when I'm life. clearly yeah. the right choice. Like, that should be me. Yeah. And it just spirals from that. Like, you see your ex- expectations are not meeting the reality and he just spirals, which mm-hmm. just I can't believe that that is something that I'm like, 
was written in I think I it was like sixteen oh three. And also just about infidelity and sure. um, and the male ego sure. and women and um and husbands and wives and right. kind of like how jealousy just can because at first, you know, when when Iago tries to convince Othello that um that Desdemona right. is having an affair with Cassio, he doesn't he says, I, I need proof. Like right. I I literally like I trust I her, I love this. her. Yeah. Right. And it's the way that Iago kind of worms his way. So right. it's about like it's about so many There's things. There's so many things. And also the language is just incredible. The language is incredible. And so we were Tracy and I were talking about this before. Like if if you don't have the beauty of that language, mm-hmm. and then you're just reducing all the themes to like very simple, mm-hmm. kind of like black and white, sure. um, very like cut and dry. Um, there's a right and there's a wrong. That it, you lose the magic. That's right. kind of what I thought the whole time. I was just like, oh, okay, this is kind of the Cliff Notes version, but like uh, with not as right. Yeah, I mean, I think that. Tracy Chevalier's version would have been better. I mean, not better. Like I could see a staged production of her version if they were using the Shakespearean text. It would be yeah. hard to get eleven-year-olds to say the lines, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. There are some amazing children actors. Yeah, get the get the little boy from uh, Moonlight. What's his oh name? yeah, he's Wait, great. Alex Hibbert. Is also, his the name. Stranger Things cast. Sure, they, like, you could just you could just pick them up and just have them do it. Have them do it. Like there are kid actors who could do it. Yeah, but it's like. If you take the language out, and so much of it is the language and like rereading the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vela and I sat here before we started recording, and I just was reading her passages of like, how great is this line? Do you remember this scene? Like, yeah. there's a scene at the end of uh, Othello between Amelia and uh, Desdemona that is like gives you goosebumps. It's so mm. good, and it has that famous speech. Um, I think it's husbands' faults if wives do fall or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, um, it's one of the most famous speeches. Yeah, from the, from the play. <laughs> Look um, it up. <laughs> it, it's so good. I don't know. It's really. I think if you know, it's one of. It's like it's the one of the female versions of like a to be or not to be type speech. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot. If you don't know this, a lot of Shakespeare's famous monologues are for men. Um, there's not a lot of real famous female ones. Yeah. Juliet has gallop of foot you fiery yeah. or gallop of pace you fiery footed steed, and then Lady it's Macbeth. It's the same ones that get done. Yeah, over and Lady over. Macbeth has uh, the unsex me here. Mm-hmm. You, then you got uh, some midsummer ones. Are those ones? Oh, well, there's that line that everybody loves. It's like, though she be but small, she be mighty. <laughs> I'm tall, so I don't really care about her, and so are you. We were more the Helena. We're type. more Helena's. We yeah. need to like we. Oh, happy some. How happy some, some or other some, some can, can be. be. Through Athens, I am not as, as fair, fair as she. she. That was okay. my college audition monologue. Okay, great. <laughs> great. Uh, <laughs> we are the same person. Thank you for listening to Shakespeare Corner here at the Stacks. Um, but, but also, yeah. like, thinking about, like, talking about Amelia. So a new boy, now she's Mimi. Which is, I. why can't she just be Emily? Why is she Mimi? Like, it's know. so trivial, trivializing. And I find that Amelia in the play is the best character. Yeah. She is like the speaks truth to power person. She unfolds the whole story. She figures it out. She soothes mm-hmm. Desdemona before she's killed. She gets all up in Iago's face. She tells Othello that he's an idiot. And it's not because you're black. It's because you're dumb, my guy. You got yeah, played. You like, got played. Also, she is, she is in such a complicated position because she's Iago's wife. wife. Right. And so already she's 
so wrapped up in yeah. things where it's like in new boy, she and Ian just started going together the day before. Yeah. I think it was five days. Oh, before. sorry. Five days before they were going together and now she's just wrapped up. She has to get out of the relationship, right. but the stakes just like cannot be anywhere where they the have stakes to are be. not anywhere. The right. stakes are nowhere. Right. Cause you, if you're 11, everybody think back to your boyfriend when you were 11 mm. or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. or a partner, whatever, whoever you are. Think back well, to that Some lover. of us were just reading books alone yes. at recess. I don't know who those people were. Okay, well, think about your first ever person that you maybe smooched. Right, okay. Like, do you even <laughs> care about that person anymore? I'm having a hard time remembering his last name. Yeah. Um, I just, I remember the first name, that's all. The point being, like, there's no stakes in there's an no. 11-year-old's relationship. No, that doesn't mean that 11-year-olds don't feel great things. Right. But, but it's, it's very easy to get out of a situation when you're yes. 11, even though you might feel in the moment that it was challenging. Mm-hmm. There's also, like, okay, great. Yeah, Let's I got to eat go. lunch yes, now. Yes, exactly. Let's move on. Like, yeah. And that's not also not to say that there aren't things that happen to 11-year-olds that aren't high stakes, and those things I would love to hear a play about. But I think that she could have – She there's a way that she could have done it where, like, using the those feelings that 11-year-olds mm-hmm. have and that, that passion because they do have it. Right. But, like, she would have had to let go of following the, the plot story so, closely. so tightly. Right. And, Which yeah. is – I don't know if that was the assignment for the Hogarth well, things. No, because like, from my understanding, I haven't read any of the other ones, but I hear the one about Merchant of Venice. I don't even know the name. Something about Shylock mm-hmm. is fantastic. I've heard Nutshell, which I believe is the Hamlet one, is also really great. It's like yeah. a comedy yeah. and it's told from the point of view of a fetus. Like it's totally unrelated to the story, but it's connected. And I think you have to do that. You have to let yes. go of it a little bit. You have bit. to let go of it because you're not Shakespeare and you're never going to be Shakespeare. No. And there isn't a single thing that's ever been adapted from Shakespeare that's better than Shakespeare. Yeah. Now, <laughs> With that being said, West Side Story is amazing. It's amazing. And maybe one of the best musicals ever made. Yeah. But I don't know if I'm going West Side Story, Romeo and Juliet head to head. I don't know what I'm picking. Well, you're. I think you're picking Romeo and Juliet because right. without Romeo and Juliet, there is no Sure. I, but I guess like that, those two right. are standouts. Yeah. But that also speaks to the power of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And also the other thing is that Romeo and Juliet – or West Side Story isn't trying to compete with Romeo and Juliet because no. they have Bernstein and and Sondheim and you've created yeah. this whole other world and you've written music and you've, you've changed it enough and you've added your own genius to it. Like Completely. Shakespeare wasn't writing librettos, right? So – so right, you elevated exactly. You elevated something. exactly, and and you also let go of things that weren't serving weren't, the story, right. didn't fit right. Whereas it just felt like she was trying to hang on to too much. She, also, yeah. something we were—I don't know if you were going to talk about go this, ahead. but the the Ian character. Oh, we were talking. <laughs> oh, we were talking about how like in in New Boy. It's like he's this lurking kid that's dark and everyone has like a bad feeling about him. Like all the kids are like, oh, that guy's up to no good. Whereas the whole thing in Othello is Iago, we were saying like he's referred as honest. He's honest referred to Iago. as honest Iago over and over. And, and good Iago and kind Iago and yes, how much and, they love and how much Iago. They lo- and he says that too about Othello. He's like, I'm only doing that. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, right. obviously. He's like, I'm only doing this because I love you so much. I and I'm so, much. so, I'm so like loyal to you. Right. And you like, know? and Othello's like, thank you, my guy. Like, I'm so glad right. I have you. You're so honest. And even when Iago is like lying mm-hmm. to people, like to Desdemona, she's like, 
this can't be right, Iago. And like going to him because they they all think that he is the truthful person. Right. Whereas everybody, Cassio seeks him out. Desdemona seeks him out. Othello seeks him out. He's the confidant. Yeah. Right. Of everybody. Yeah. And in this, it's like he and Ian walks through the playground and and like like, the kids shudder and like there's a cold wind. Yeah. So it's like, of course, if he's talking to you, you're going to be like, why is this guy talking to me? He's clearly evil. He's clearly evil. And like, it's even like D, the Desdemona character, Mm -hmm. uh, Chevalier even says like, D is weirded out that Ian's talking to her because he like doesn't really talk to her. Right, right. Like he's like, they're not, they're not each other's people. And Mimi, who's Amelia, when she had her, her long relationship of three days with Ian, <laughs> she, she hated it the whole time. She felt weird about it. And like he had a darkness inside of her. And it's like, right. so that's literally not the story that's in Othello. Though. Well, just there. So why, like, there's no reason for this story to happen. Right. Right. There's no reason. Of course no one would trust Ian. Right. Because he's horrible and like is a mean, (laughs) mean bully. He's a mean, mean boy. And it's just like, well, and you can tell like Mm -hmm. the other version of this play or story that would be, would have been great is like if you tell it from Ian's perspective and it's like he (sighs) is seeing how he's like, this sucks. Yeah. I used to be the person that everybody was looking at and talking about and like my bad behavior was like the thing that everybody was like, where's Ian, blah, blah, blah. And now this new boy is here (laughs) and he's getting all the attention. But like she tells it from kind of like, it's not from people's perspective. So it's not first person. No, it's no one's perspective. I mean, it's not, no, it's not first person. It's third Third person, person, but it's from different people's like point of view, but it's kind third of, person. So it's like, yeah, you get then she went home head. and she felt sad. And then her mom said this, but it's not like, I feel sad. My mom said this, which yeah. I think would have helped her to being inside the kids. I, perspectives. Do too. I think that would have been, so, I mean, because with Shakespeare, with the soliloquies, you Ugh. completely get in. Sure. You, they get to just talk to you. Right. So you, you, you are with them. You right. are in their first person in right. a way. So it's like, yeah. I think I totally agree that if she had just maybe like split up the chapters and each sure. chapter was a different character, right. maybe that could have right. helped. And the other thing, which I learned this in college from Louis Sheeter, mm-hmm. um, is that in Shakespeare, they say what they mean. The characters say what they mean unless they tell you otherwise. In so a like soliloquy. If, in, and, yeah, and in the yeah. side, in a soliloquy. Yeah. Unless they say, I am setting this plot in motion, yeah. I am lying, I will be lying for the next few scenes. Yeah. yeah, you're right. They tell the truth. Yeah. So like, and that's not to say that they don't flip-flop. Like in one moment, you could be saying, I'm so, like, you know, yeah. in Romeo and Juliet, there's that whole thing about the day, the day, the day. And then mm-hmm. later on in the play, it's all about the night and the moon mm-hmm. and this and that. So it's not to say that people don't change their mind. And but sometimes it's in the same sentence. Say. But in the moment that the words are being spoken, they mean it. And I think that that really could have helped Chevalier because yeah. that's very much like children. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like children flip-flop they and they do. mean what they say and they say what they mean. And if they lie, I mean, my niece – She's hilarious because she'll do something. She'll be like, I'm going to go eat that cookie. Mm-hmm. And she'll eat the cookie. Mm-hmm. And then she'll come in the room and she'll be like, Mommy, I ate the cookie. I'm sorry. And you're like, perfect. Go to your room. Thank you. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Or it's like, who ate the cookie? And she'll be like, it was I. <laughs> I did it. I love it. But it's like that. But that's fascinating. That's as well. fascinating in and of itself. Like, what if all these characters weren't trying to hide anything and they were just following their impulses like children do? Mm-hmm. I just, it just is disappointing to me because I think there's so much in Othello and she could have done yeah. so many different things. And I have to say, there's one thing that I think she did really good. 
Uh-huh. And that has to do with sexism. Because in rereading Othello, I didn't realize how sexist the male characters are towards the women. Mm-hmm. Like Bianca is like, they call her like a whore and a courtesan and whatever. And it's kind of unclear because she's like, I'm not. I'm not actually like, a whore. Yeah, like, she I'm, really just like is maybe sleeping with Gazio. Right. Yeah, and she says boyfriend. like she's like I'm as honest as her about Amelia, and Amelia's like, all right, trick, like yeah. nice try, but it's like, <laughs> but it's <laughs> that's the direct quote. It's just all right, all right trick. trick, and then there's eight bars of scansion just left open. Um, no, uh, but there's so much sexism, and yeah. she, and in New Boy, like there's this part where Desdemona or D takes her braids down, and the teachers are like, you look unkempt. That's not becoming of a girl. And there's, um, you know, Blanca, who's the Bianca character, is like kind of sexy. She's, you know, she's got her little training bra situation. Yeah. And they talk about how her shirt's too tight and all the boys talk about like they're embarrassed by her womanliness right. coming forward. And the other girls notice that she's using flirting and this and that. And like that all is talked about. And I I took note of that before yeah. I went back and reread the play and I was like, oh, oh she did. Yeah. Because I thought it was there. just the author trying to like inject add it. Some, yeah. Because it's not really fully flushed out, but it is – she does try to add a little bit of that, which that I appreciate. Yeah. You know. My my one thing that, um, that I, it made me, you know, want to look at Othello again, which I definitely will after this yes. – um, is that because it's so overt, the racism, because mm-hmm. it's so like, he's a black boy, new boy, I don't <laughs> trust him. I was like, oh, like my my understanding of Othello is that it's, it's so underneath everything mm-hmm. and that's why it's so intrinsic and it's so deep-seated because – it's about gel on the surface. It's jealousy, and and I got passed over, and my I'm you know my I feel like he might cuckold me or mm-hmm. all these things, but the through line is that he is black and he is different, right? And but it made me think, oh, is it is it really just about completely about race? Is a is a, is, a, is there a world where Othello is just completely race 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 the whole way through? Sure, which is like a lens you could look at it with you know and maybe that was what she was trying to say you know yeah yeah that's a good point um we're gonna take a quick little break before we talk about the ending of this amazing play and we're gonna talk to you about something else that's amazing taking care of your health isn't always easy but it should be at least simple that's why for the last three plus years i have been drinking ag1 every day no exceptions it's just one scoop mixed in water once a day every day and it makes me feel nourished and strong enough to tackle whatever else might come my way. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. The nutritional insurance that AG1 provides has been vital to keeping me productive and focused. It helps me cover my bases in just about the time it takes to fill a glass of water, scoop in one scoop of AG1, and then drink it. So I don't know, 75 seconds? With the perfect mix of vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods, I'm not stuck trying to assemble it all by myself, which would have considerably worse results. AG1 saves me all the time and hassle, and it has made such a difference in my overall mood and especially my gut health, among many other things. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try AG1. Let me know what you think. Whether you notice you're needing more nutrient support than you're used to, or you just need an edge for a tough workout, AG1 can be the ticket. 
If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash the stacks. That's drinkag1.com slash the stacks. Check it out. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, also, I actually found there's an audiobook version of Othello the play oh. that is a staged reading. And I believe it's um, Ian Mc... I'm going to look it up because I'm going to fuck this up Ian so McKellen, bad. sir? No, no, I think it's the other one. And I, the eh, other Ian. Hold on. Patrick Stewart. I don't know. It's like it's no, it's more recent. It's younger. Um mm. you can hear me typing like really fast. Um <laughs> ugh, God, I can't find it. I hate myself. I should have been more prepared. Um That's it, so cool. I'm sure it's easy to find. It's though. like it's like um Michael Oyelowo and like it's oh, really cool. David Oyelowo? Yeah, or David Tracy. <laughs> That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, it's like actors doing it. Um, and that is, oh, it's I've, Daniel Craig, David Oyelowo. It's like a production that oh, they turned was, into the, it's the Sam yeah, Gold's it, production um, at uh, New York Theater Workshop. Exactly. That is so cool because what we were talking about last week in the episode was about, um, how it can be intimidating to read Shakespeare yeah. and that actually it's really helpful to envision it and hear it out loud. And so that's kind of a perfect way to do yeah. that. Yeah. So check out that that audiobook version um, if you are a little intimidated about reading uh, Shakespeare because, you know, hearing people do it is really great. And it, I'm looking at pictures right now of this production and it's set in the military fully, which is how yeah. Othello is set. Um, they're like in army clothes and stuff. Anyways, mm-hmm. check it out. Audible, free download, free 30-day trial. Enjoy your life. Okay. Bella, we're going to talk about the ending of both the book and the play because the ending in the play gave me goosebumps when I was rereading it and I had like tears in my eyes Mm -hmm. and I was sitting there being like, I forgot how good this play was. Mm -hmm. Like this act four and act five of William Shakespeare Othello is top notch. Like it's top notch. It's top notch. Well, it's everything coming to a head. Everything coming together and it's all unfolding and you're like, stop, 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 stop. It's that feeling of like, Mm -hmm. you've seen the Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. Of course. Everyone. If you have, honestly, (laughs) if you've not seen that, stop listening to us right now. Go watch that film Mm -hmm. and then come back because you are missing everything. It's so good. It's It's so so solid. But at the end of that, when Juliet like wakes up from her fake death mm-hmm. and he's like dead. Yeah. 
spoiler alert for RNJ. Oh, sorry. Romeo and Juliet, it's a tragedy. People die. Oh, my God. Is that right? She wakes up second. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. He wakes up second. No, yeah. She's fake dead. And and so is he? She's fake dead. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to be real dead. And he takes the potion. And then she wakes up. And And then she shoots herself. That's right. Yeah. So, but when she wakes up and he's dying and like you see her fingers moving and you're like, oh my God, just faster. Go faster. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Like, don't take the poison. That's uh, kind of how the unfolding of Othello felt when I was reading it. I was like, just, just like, can you just listen to her for like two seconds, Othello? Like, can you just like, shh, like listen? Yeah, because the whole thing with Othello is like, if if they were just one step ahead, right? If they, they could communicate just a little would be bit faster, so easy to unravel right. this situation that right. that Iago has set up. Right, exactly. Like, there's it's so easy. Um, so in New Boy, though, the she strays from the story and again <laughs> as she strays i think the theme of this episode is don't stray from the story when the story is shakespeare so good. because yeah. you're you're leaving out things that make it make sense so yeah. for example in the play rodrigo who is the rod character in the book and is like mm-hmm. iago's pal who iago thinks is an idiot and he is he iago basically got to back up a little bit more <laughs> othello tells iago to kill cassio Iago then passes that off to Rodrigo. Mm -hmm. Rodrigo goes to kill Cassio. Neither of them die when they get in this fight. And behind everyone's back, like no one can see because it's dark, Iago then goes and actually kills Rodrigo. Mm -hmm. So Iago's first death, like the first death in the play is Iago killing his quote-unquote right-hand man Mm -hmm. and also literally leg-stabbing like slicing open Cassio's like like trying to wound him further because he realizes that if he gets caught that it's all that it's over. all over because yeah. he has these two people that he's been playing yeah so in the book there's no Iago or Ian doesn't actually do anything, anything to, to either person to Rod yeah well and to like Rod Cassi- or to Casper. Casper has been suspended has been suspended for a fight earlier which With does Rod. mirror an earlier fight right. in Othello there's right. two fights between Rodrigo and Cassio in Othello right. the second one ending in Iago killing Rodrigo but isn't the first one when Iago like convinces him to to drink Cassio yes, yes. and that's the first fight which is how mm-hmm. that starts everything so we kind of said that you don't need to read either of these things but you should read them because they're confusing you but anyways the point being that in in othello iago commits his own acts of violence Mm -hmm. that in the in the book doesn't happen yeah just not Um, at all well he pulls amelia off the thing so then the then in the book we move to the big like scene between osei and D. D. What's her real? What are they called? Uh, Danielle or something. Is Daniela. Something stupid. Yeah. Uh, no, if your name is Danielle, it's not stupid. I just think Desdemona <laughs> is so great. Like, I think Danielle and Danielle are both lovely names. I just mean, yeah. Just like Ian is like stupid for Iago. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? It's a solid name. It's a, they're lovely names. They're all of lovely them. names. Mimi's actually a really cute name. It I just is. think like it trivializes Amelia, which is like such. It's so you have like other syllables too in the verse. It's just yeah. good. Yeah. Anyways, so Othello or Osei and D, they are together on top of this play structure, and O is like going to tell her off, kind of. And in the play, in this scene. <laughs> It's a little more dramatic. He actually <laughs> smothers her with a pillow mm-hmm. till she's dead. Well, yeah. she's well, almost dead. And then Amelia Then Amelia in. comes in. Then Desmond is like, this guy killed me. 
Yeah. And she's like, no, no. And she's like, yes, no, for, no. Oh, right. First she's she like, says, remember that he, first yeah. she says, no, first she says, nobody killed me. I, it was an accident or something like that. And then she says, right. this guy killed me. Anyways, so it starts to unravel in this way. But the thing that's really important here is that Desdemona dies in Othello. Yeah. And in, what happens in New Boy? Well, um, uh, Osei calls her a whore and then she runs away. But she runs away. <laughs> You I know really comparable things. Sure. Totally. Well, total, like you, to, something that you, irreversible. Calling someone a whore is, is as irreversible <laughs> as death is what we're being asked to believe. Yeah. They're pretty much the same thing. And stakes are, stakes, stakes are, are up so there. High. Yeah. Um, and sure, we're kind of making a joke of that because if that was all that happened in the ending of the book and like that, those were the highest right, possible then, stakes, okay. it would be fine. But <laughs> then Amelia or Mimi comes over and she's like, why did you do that? Oh, and O's like, because she gave so-and-so my pencil case, <laughs> Casper, my pencil case. And Mimi's like, no, I, mm-hmm. I gave that to Ian. Ian. And he's like, wait, what? And as she's getting ready to like finish telling the story, Ian yanks her off the play structure and paralyzes her. And then she can't move her body then and she can't blood her- is like spilling yeah. out. So what's confusing for both Bella and I, if you can't tell, is how come Desdemona, who gets killed, is just getting called a whore and Mimi is all of a sudden being destroyed. However, yeah. in the play, Mimi's or Amelia is killed. So Desdemona right. and Amelia get killed in the play. But yeah. in this, it's like, meh. Uh, Mimi's paralyzed and Desdemona... Like went home early. Yeah. Went home early. <laughs> it was actually after school. So she just went home at a normal time. But, right. And was maybe Being crying. called a whore by her boyfriend of four hours. Who said that they went all the way. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. She said... He says... We went all the way because all white girls want this D. Yeah. Which, yeah. Also, we should talk about, well, I don't know. I, I partly was like, I think writers should obviously write about experiences that they have not Wait, had. we Wait, ha- hold on. We have to finish. We have to finish that. We end. have to finish the end. Okay. Here's the last thing that happens. Okay. So in Othello, Othello kills himself. Yeah. Dead. Dead. By his own sword. Because he's so devastated because Amelia has been like, this is what happened. Iago did this. Iago's like, stop talking. She's like, no, I'm a finish. Yeah. And then she keeps going. And then eventually Iago stabs and kills his own wife, wife so that she'll shut up. And then Othello is so distraught and like realizes that he's trapped and like he yeah. has committed the ultimate black man sin, which is to lash out against a white woman, right? Yeah. Ideally. I mean, that's me putting a little bit of more modern time on it. But either way. Yeah. So he kills himself. In this book, what ends up happening is the racist teacher, Brabantio, or Mr. Brabant, Mm -hmm. comes in and he says, nigger, Mm -hmm. which like we've already been building towards this the whole book. Like he might as well have just called him nigger from the jump. But anyways, um, so he does that. And then, oh, does a black power salute, (laughs) like a fist in the air, like uh, John Carlos and Tommy Smith. And then dives off the play structure and it blacks out. So we're led to believe that he commits suicide by black power gesture via on the playground. On the recess playground. Right. So the ending is just <laughs> I was really looking forward to the ending because in my version of this, aside from the fact that it's not true because black children don't shoot up schools generally. Mm-hmm. It's usually white children. It's like mm-hmm. more of the Iago thing. Mm-hmm. I feel that 
I feel that that's how this story would realistically end in my version of it because that to me that's that has stake. the stakes. Yeah, that's well, stakes. and maybe yeah. it is that Iago comes in and he brought a gun yeah. to do something bad to somebody and somehow Othello gets a hold of it and he kills Desdemona or maybe he kills Desdemona in a different way. Maybe he strangles her in the gym closet right. and then feels so maybe bad, takes the gun yeah. and kills himself. Or maybe he locks himself in a room with Iago to yeah. like save other people or yeah. like he's, you know. Yeah, there, I mean, there's lots of options, but I just feel like it's like you can't have have Desdemona be totally I mean emotionally not fine and like bullying women is not a good thing and like treating women badly all that stuff but if we're comparing you know stakes of comparing the stakes of suicide by playground and being paralyzed and then being called a name at the age of it just right the the end just was so disappointing the whole thing is that Othello kills his white wife and then like how did that end up happening how did we get here how did we get here whereas you have new boy and it's like how how why did he kill him why are we here why are we here here? totally um you were gonna say something else and i cut you off a while oh no no it's good that we finished but i was i was just i wondered if some why some of the things were so simplified isn't that maybe just because of her writing from her own experience and maybe she didn't um fully understand i don't know but like yeah the same time like Shakespeare wrote Othello right. you know so like I don't I don't know yeah that I mean, was my easy go to like try to give question. her the benefit of the doubt yeah. well yeah I don't I, I don't have an answer for you because <laughs> I don't I don't know why she picked Othello to be honest yeah I had that question too I don't know you how the Hogarth pick... Shakespeare works I don't she could have picked anything she it could've... seemed like it was their choice yeah. yeah and I I mean I don't know maybe the ones she wanted to do were gone first or maybe she thought yeah. I know she said that she liked the play because she is she, an American mm-hmm. who lives in England so she feels like an outsider in her where she lives but I think it's a little bit more this plays about a little bit more than feeling like an outsider yeah because also while Othello is an outsider that's not really talked about at all. Like he does not in any of his like speeches say, wow, I really feel out of place here. He's like, no, he's like, I'm doing great. Yeah. I am doing so great. I am a black man who is thriving in the military. I got myself a beautiful wife who people seem to really like. I'm in with the Duke. I'm in, I got my boy Cassio on one side. I got my boy Iago on the other side. Like I have friends. I I've conquered all this stuff. And, it's a theme that she. You're right. She, she kind just of kind of missed. I think took it. I think yeah. if we were gonna, if I was gonna simplify, the biggest miss in the whole thing is that she doesn't place um, Othello high enough to have a fall, and she doesn't place Iago low enough to have something to be trying mm. to rise to. Very well said. That, yeah. I mean, I think for me that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't have anything else really to say about the book. I I will say this: if you've yet to read this book, I know we kind of just bashed it, <laughs> which. <laughs> Which if you know, if you, as you get to know me, um, that's something that I love to do. Mm-hmm. I love to tear <laughs> apart art. I just, I find it to be more enjoyable. Like if I see something that I really like, I'm like, yeah, oh, that was yeah. good. But like I can find fault in just about anything because I went to school <laughs> to study art. And so when you study art, you learn how to talk about and give yeah. criticism. And yeah. that's not to say that I didn't enjoy it. No. And that's not to say that like my favorite musical isn't Chorus Line, which is like, you know, <laughs> There are some flaws there. No, um, no, there are none. Not, I mean, none that I can see. But right. the point being that I'm not – this book, I think it definitely has an audience. I've heard from people mm-hmm. um, who really love this book and I would be interested to hear from you if that if you fall into that category. And also if you haven't read it yet and you're like intrigued about it, I would recommend you read it and I would recommend you then read the play or see the play or listen to the play. Just mm-hmm. – um, 
you know, to see what happened and yeah, see if maybe like that you found a way in, right? Maybe we did. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like every book there are people. There's an audience for just about every book. Yeah, um, this just this book just wasn't for me. I think also you and I come into this with so much like love and understanding for Shakespeare yeah. that it's harder. I was thinking I was like maybe if like I was like 14 or something. Yeah, I thought and- this book was YA about yeah. halfway through, but it's not. It's not. But like I was thinking like maybe if this was my first introduction. Introduction to the play, it could be like an interesting way in. Sure, because like I hated Taming of the Shrew, and then I saw um, Ten Things I Hate About You, and then I was like, Oh, maybe this play is good. Let me give it another chance. And then I was in it, and then I still didn't like it that much, but I understood it better. Yeah. Um, Do you have anything else that you want to add or say that we didn't talk about? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have read it. Mm -hmm. It was me too. I feel like I've never regretted reading a book. Me neither. So I'm really glad we read it. I'm glad we explored it, and it, it did make me want to reread Othello. So do it, do it. It's a win-win. Othello's so good, you guys. Everybody talks about how good Shakespeare is, and some of it's really good, and then some of them aren't that good. Like some of them are fine, but Othello's like actually that good. Yeah, like Othello is giving me Richard the Third, Romeo and Juliet, yeah. Macbeth levels, Winter's Tale, Jealousy. Winter's Tale. It, it's kind. It kind of has all of these themes. It has of, a lot of the yeah. other plays kind of wrapped up in in yeah. in, in in it. Okay. That's it from us. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, the World Cup starts. So we're, I'm actually going to be back with Aaron Dolores, who is from Black Arrow FC, which is a uh, lifestyle brand that deals with black culture and soccer culture and that um, in that intersection. So he and I are going to be talking next week. And then the following week, we're going to be talking about a book called How Soccer Explains the World. And we're going to be talking a lot about um, blackness in soccer. So I'm very excited. Listen to that. Um, and thank you, Vela, so much for being here. You're the best. Thank you so much for having me. And You're I will link best. to all of Vela's social media and all her movies and shows and stuff so you can find her and follow her and love her and yes. just become obsessed with her like the rest of us. <laughs> all right, you guys. Thank you so much. We will see you next Wednesday. And until then, enjoy your reading. Okay, y'all, that does it for us this week here at The Stacks. Thank you again to Vela Lavelle for coming on the show, and thank you to all of you for listening. Please make sure you're subscribed to The Stacks wherever you get your podcasts. For those of you who listen through iTunes, please rate and review the show. It really goes a long way to helping us get the word out. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we just launched our Patreon page today. Go to www.patreon.com slash the stacks to find out how you can be part of the stacks pack and get those extra special perks for all of our supporters. The stacks graphic designer is Robin McCright. Our theme music comes from Tagiragis and the show was created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas. Thank you so much. And I'll see you in the stacks.